Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. Well, we have Chad Brogart with us here today. Chad, I appreciate your time. This is going to be kind of a treat because you and I connected through Twitter. And uh, yeah. frankly, there's only one other person bef- besides you who've, who's been on the show now because of uh, Twitter. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. And he was, he was on recently, actually. I'll, I'll have that link in the show notes, too. But um, you, probably, you probably know him. Um, but uh, it's it's been great. You and I were just chatting before I hit record that uh, Twitter's become kind of a, a great place to connect and ask questions and and do a bunch of things. So it's it's great to chat with you in person finally. <laughs> I know we've been exchanging a lot of Twitter comments. Oh yeah, yeah. I have some uh, I have some wacky comments out there. <laughs> so the the previous fellow is uh, Tom Brickman. Yep. Yeah, if you know Tom. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he was on the show recently. It was a great conversation. Oh, nice. a great great chat. But he's yeah, got a lot of stuff going speech. on. Yeah, he does. He's he's in Texas and Ohio. Yes, he seems to be doing quite a bit. Yeah, he's and then in, he he also still has his uh, his other business going on too. They he's got. He he buys uh, stuff at like thrift stores and and whatever, and then resells them on eBay. He so he's got kind of a storefront eBay. storefront going on. So that that was interesting. But yeah, you are in New York, so let's yeah. talk a little bit about you. Let's let's start sure. things off by how did you find your way into real estate investing? Well, it was kind of uh, by accident. Really, well, I wouldn't say accident, but uh, I was I've been living in this apartment building. It was a four unit, and we actually lived there for uh, me and my girlfriend for about three three years. And uh, there's no laundry in the facility, and we always had every other week we got to go and do laundry. And uh, I kept talking to the landlady. I go, hey, do you mind putting uh, laundry hookups in the basement? There's already hookups for, for water and electric. And I, I would drop off because uh, I'd have to drop off checks to her house because she lived locally. And uh, I'd drop off my check and then I'd put like coupons for, you know, sales of washer dryers locally just to, <laughs> you know, drop hints, but it never, it never stuck. And then finally I was like, you know what? Maybe I can uh, buy buy my own little house and uh, you know and kind of get my own laundry and uh, I don't have to worry about this. So um, I had an, I had some money saved up. I've been since I graduated college. I was you know I I had a lot of student loan debt and I was not very uh, financially savvy uh, in college and I kind of had to become an adult really quick. And uh, so I was very frugal with my spending. I was able to save up enough to you know, come up with a down payment. But uh, essentially, I, I literally rode my bike. Uh, I was calling around about uh, to local banks. I was like, hey, I, you know, I want to buy a house. I had no idea how to buy a house or contact or anything. I was just completely clueless. And so I, I she's like, okay, I met with a loan officer there to talk about uh, funding and everything and a realtor. Also, she goes, I'll, I'll bring uh, one of my realtor friends and you can talk with her and blah, blah, blah. And this was in uh, 2000, 2011, 2011. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like in the summer, I literally rode my bike with my with my backpack. I felt like a little kid and you know, I'd show up to the bank. And uh, so we go into one of the, uh, the offices and um, 
the realtor there, her name was Peggy. And I, I actually still, she's a good friend of mine. I still work with her to this day. Uh, we've done a number of projects and stuff. And uh, so we're talking financing, you know, I'm, you know, listening intently. And, and uh, I was like, yeah, I was looking at some of these houses, you know, these small little houses. 2011, I don't know if, uh, you know, uh, you remember, but uh, it was prime time every it was a buyer's market and you you couldn't buy a house that you couldn't make money on unlike today and uh, so i i had no idea what i was doing what what to get into you know i you know i've mechanically inclined but i've never done anything on a house before but um so the the realtor there she goes so you you're so you've been saving money and everything she goes why don't you, would you like the idea of living for free? I was like, living for free. And of course, you know, me, you know, trying to save all my money as much as possible. I'm like, how, how does that work? And mm -hmm. so she goes, well, you live in an apartment, right? I go, yeah, I live in an apartment. What if you lived in another apartment and those other people paid you? I was like, okay, what's, I, you know, I, just, I was just so skeptical because I was just so new to this. And, uh, and, but I was like, all right, let's, uh, Let's some, look at some houses, and uh, you know the first house I remember looking at. One of it was a studio apartment, and the the guy who was uh, kind of tending to the yard and everything had toilets in the back with plants in it. It was it was like what is this place? And we go into his apartment, and he has like little dolls just kind of hanging from the ceiling, you know, and it's just really dark and black painted walls and there's no bed in there he was sleeping on a sleeping bag on the floor and i'm like i don't know if this is for me i go this is so out of my realm you know i just kind of no. take it you know and then she kind of like has uh, like okay this is this is not a place that for you I, I can already tell and we looked at a number of other places uh you know met with other you know the listing agents and we go through and she's she's not your typical you know realtor she she'd be very upfront and blunt and that's why I, that's why i love her you know she's just very like you know what do you what do you like she tries to find your personality and then she's trying to fit something to you and um you know and i remember we were at a wedding and she called me and we were driving back from connecticut and uh so she calls me and uh, i end up i answer the phone she's like hey we need to see this house now or else it's going to be gone i was like oh, okay it's like well i'm like three hours away and uh we saw the house at 6 30 and we met there we walked through all three it's a three unit apartment and uh she goes you're gonna get seller's concession you can do three and a half percent down there's fha and there's no you can get pmi uh waived after 10 years so i ended up waiting a day and then i was like all right i i had no idea how to calculate numbers what i needed to do and i was like all right let's do this and uh, we ended up moving in and uh, I became a landlord that day, and I uh, had uh, we were in the two bedroom downstairs apartment, and then we had a three bedroom two bath, and then a two bedroom one bath above us. And um, there were existing tenants there for a while, and it's I never had any issues, thank thankful, well, any issues that weren't were manageable. And mm -hmm. uh, that's that's kind of uh, how I stumbled into to real estate. And when you know the next month rolled around. Uh, and then they were literally just dropped off checks in the mailbox. And I'm like, is this, is this how it works? I go, you know, <laughs> this seems, I go, this seems so easy. This seems so good to be true, you know? 
And, uh, you know, I started reading up and that's one of the things I wish I did was reading more uh, books. And, and then I found our local RIA to kind of get acquainted with other like-minded people in real estate. And it kind of, kind of took off from there. And, uh, you know, I started buying more and then I, you know, I, we've house hacked a, a number of different places and we're actually in our current house hack right now. It's actually two separate houses and uh, we're, we already have the front house rented out and we're not even finished yet because the, the market is just, there's so much demand for, for these areas. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's nice, you know, you, you can practically live for free. And somebody else kind of takes care of uh, your mortgage insurance and all that. So it's uh, and the funny thing about that whole story about us buying that 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 triplex was uh, there was no laundry in the basement. There's no laundry in the units. So I actually um, my brother used to be an HVAC technician, and uh, so he kind of uh, showed me what I needed to do. I was like, all right. So I tapped into like the gas lines, and I was able to run the gas lines and uh, for the dryers and. There's already uh, electric for the for down there, so I was able to just kind of hook it up, and uh, that's kind of started our little journey of uh, you know kind of renovating uh, over time and uh, getting places up to uh, you know a good standard, and then we move out and kind of do it again, you know, right? Thanks and repeat. Well, that's a neat that's a neat story. I mean, I I think you were really lucky to run into a realtor that that took the time yeah. to, to kind of show you, kind of guide you through this. Yeah. And she's, for me, it's, uh, she's one that she always says, her mom always says it, that she doesn't let grass grow under her feet. And so she was always one to push. And I, I guess it worked well with my personality that I needed a little push uh, from somebody else. And, uh, and, you know, now we're, you know, we have, uh, managing 20 units right now. Well, it'll be 20 once, once they move in, but, uh, that's mm-hmm. you know 20 units. And, uh, it's been quite a, quite a little whirlwind of, uh, you know, some sacrifices that we've had to make, you know, spending time on nights and weekends, getting things done. But, you know, and now, you know, you, you get to a point where things start building up and you, you find uh, that you need to make systems and uh, you need to find the right people. So it becomes more of a, a people, a, a people investment to find the right uh, contractors and cleaners to help you out because you know when you first start out you can do every you have all the time in the world you can do everything but it comes a point where it's you have you have to part ways with your your money to get your time back and now i'm in the kind of that aspect of of my investment so or as as you mentioned earlier working on you know automating your uh, repair requests you know I'm, i've been uh, jotting down how i'm doing things and how i can improve improve that so it's a uh, Definitely a, a learning experience, and you know, there's a lot of other people right. on you know Twitter that you know you know do probably ten times as much as I do. But uh, you know, I, I'm happy with kind of uh, what we built up, and uh, you know, I, I I could consider myself financially independent. I could quit my job today and and be just fine. But uh, you know, I I kind of want to build up a little bit bigger uh, nest egg before I you know make any of those decisions just yet. Yeah. No, that's really neat. You know, so how many properties you said you got 21 doors coming up, 21 yeah, doors? How many 20, how many how many doors. buildings is that? It's uh it's 11 buildings. Okay. And you've done yeah. this over how much how how much time? Yeah, so about uh, yeah, since 2000 uh, end of 2011 is when uh, we first started. Okay. So it's so. probably averages, you know, a couple couple doors per year. So it's it's not the uh the you know, you you, you read about some people who get 
a hundred doors in six months now. It's it's kind of been the slow and steady, and then the past few years it just kind of realized that the cash flow just starts catching up with you. Like wow, I, now I now I have cash to redeploy, and then you know you right. it's it's compounding is uh, it's 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 fascinating. You don't you don't realize it until it until it's there, and then and then you're like wow, I could walk away from my job right now. It's it's amazing, you know. So it, it and it it builds options uh, for for us. So you know, I may not want to stay here. So it kind of gives us options. Maybe we could move somewhere else. So I've been working on you know systems to kind of automate things and seeing as I know people around here, I can get contractors to kind of show up, um, kind of automate the whole uh, maintenance requests, repairs, turnovers. Turnovers is obviously the the hardest one to kind of automate because there's a lot of uh, a checklist that you have to go through and find trustworthy people. Um, if if I were to continue self managing from afar, I would say. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, an investment that I I do not regret one bit. So you know, since since you've kind of gone came into this uh, in such a unique way, you probably have a very interesting perspective. Then, like, what what are a few of the things that you wished you would have known? ahead of time that maybe the real estate investor didn't think of telling you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think Bigger Pockets was a in its infancy at the time when I started and I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about it. it. It's funny. I, I, I wish I was, I wish I could have found my, uh, my original spreadsheet and it involved hundred percent vacancy and zero percent vacancy and trying to see whether or not I could afford to pay for that triplex when I bought it. And I, I went through, the number, the numbers, which I thought were were accurate, until I realized that it's, uh, you know, I was looking at it totally wrong, and that that uh, triplex, I, I hardly have any vacancy. I, maybe a few days just because somebody wanted to move in on the sixth or or the or or mid month, which is nice because it actually allows you to get in there and get uh, either myself or somebody else to come in there and do some repairs and and painting and uh, check for, you know, uh, making sure everything's uh, up to speed because we we had five turnovers uh, in end of of May just recently. And uh, handling that all at once made me realize that I need to really improve on on, uh, my systems and what I do. So you've mentioned a few times now that you've been implementing some systems and processes. Like what are some of the automations or or a few things that you've that you've implemented that has made the biggest differences? So I, I still do my own bookkeeping. I use Stessa. And sure. uh, that, yeah, the founder of Stessa has been on the show. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the, It's a great platform to uh, kind of combine all of your, to pre-categorize everything. And uh, my CPA thanks me. You know, I, we, I, I, can do, I can do my taxes in less than two hours when I show up. And uh, he's he's very grateful for how or he goes he goes you're the most organized person. I was like all I do is take it from Stessa and make sure that everything's kind of accurate. I mm-hmm. ask them to make sure that I've classified them properly, and it you know the the bookkeeping is is kind of a, a small part of uh, of what I do. I, the hardest part mm-hmm. about bookkeeping is when you have to do a renovation, you know. But usually most of the, the expenses are going to one property at that time. Yeah, it's, uh, but besides that, it's uh, finding, uh, you know, using a, a platform is definitely the, the biggest one. And then uh, sticking to uh, processes and checklists. So 
I'll, I'll have checklists that I've created and I've used a Trello before mm-hmm. uh, and I still use those. So I have a template for like a turnover and I have a checklist that I go through and it's like, check the faucets for leaks, check underneath, flush the toilet, make sure it's not running, you know, and then, you know, lights and all that smoke detectors. So when, when I have the checklist, I don't have to think about anything. I just go through the list and just knock them off and I'm done. And my, you know, my next plan is to implement somebody who can go in and who has some idea of how to, how to do that. Maybe I have to show them how to do it, him or her, and then they can go in and then do these, run through these checklists for me. And uh, that's be one thing that I can do. And then they can go through it. Oh, we need to paint this. We need to, you know, there's a leak here. And then, and then, and then from there, it's contacting the, the contractors to come in and scheduling to do the work. And usually, you know, when you're turning over on on the 31st and new people are moving in on the 1st, it's uh, it, it can be very hectic, especially when we did five turnovers that day. The cleaner didn't show up to one of the houses and they were there for five years and it was uh, pretty dirty mm-hmm. and a lot of grease in the kitchen. So we ended up, uh, it was uh, four guys that are recent grads and they moved into the house and their, their, their parents helped them uh, clean, clean the house. So I gave them a cleaning credit. And everything else just kind of uh, worked out. Um, I, I stopped over because I actually didn't meet some of them face to face. So that's uh, another thing that I've been working on. Um, I've, I've done a few uh, virtual showings. So I have uh, a 360 degree camera so you can do a kind of a virtual walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get uh, applicants who are out of state and they can't physically be there. And it's you know, you could do a, a video tour with your phone, but it's not the same as having this 360 where they can kind of they have little datum points where they can stop and then kind of look all the way around, look up, look down, see mm-hmm. the flooring, and then they can physically see the layouts. And I did that with a tripod, and uh, it works very well. I uh, had, a, had a tenant who moved in from Texas in one of my properties, and then there's a lockbox there. He's able to get in on his own time once we receive payment. I never met the guy face-to-face. He was there, and he was uh, in a dental uh, program. And he moved out and then he left the key in the box and, you know, I show up and the uh, place was place was so spotless. I mean, he was super clean. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's the, the first time I've uh, had a, a renter where I've never physically met before. It's, uh, so I'm thinking of ways that, uh, I mean, it doesn't always work that way. So being local, it's like, well, I'll just, I mean, it's, it's a minute away. So I'll just drive over there. So it's not too much of an inconvenience. But right. uh, having systems like that, uh, to remove yourself makes things so much easier. And uh, the rent collection thing is uh, definitely one where when I first started, it was cash or checks and then Venmo and everything started coming around. And then I realized that Venmo has certain limitations and you know you have to classify your Venmo transactions. And it found out it's much easier to have it all in one place. So all the new tenants, when we when I onboard them, they have to pay through you know our, our one platform that we use, and and then I can see it automatically adds a late fee if they're if they're not paying by the fifth, and uh, I mean for the most part that's uh, that's it in a nutshell. But it's uh, the stress testing of um, having a lot of turnovers is what made me realize that I need to improve on things. You know, you, if you can save five minutes here, but you do it repeatedly every week, that adds up to hours and days a year. So mm. that, that's kind of the, the next plan of, of what, I, what I'm trying to do to kind of automate things. 
Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like we do a lot of the same things, actually. You know, you, you said Trello. Um, I use Asana, Asana for, yep. for the exact same thing. I've kind of went a little further now, too, though, is that when I do have, like, I have a handy person in, in one of my, one of the, the towns, and uh, I, I just invite them to the, to the Asana tasks so that we, Asana lets you communicate back and forth, too. So on that oh, task, nice. so if she finds some additional, problems or whatever so then it, it prevents the emails and the texts going back and forth we, we keep the conversation to the it, it's really it's really kind of improved that part of the process and like you i have a template somebody moves out i just <laughs> copy and paste <laughs> really, it's oh, yeah. really really beneficial and and uh, it's interesting you bring up the lockbox too because i've started resorting to this and and it if anything has come out of the whole lockdowns and, and everything, it was me, you know, us trying to adapt to a situation of how do you show these apartments now and you can't really be there. So exactly. I, I did. Uh, and I've just kept going with it. A lockbox on the door. I, you, you know, for $30, you can buy a wise camera, put that in there so that I can see people coming and going. But if somebody huh. wants to see an apartment, I give them the key, the, the locks box code. They go check it out themselves. Oh, really? Their convenience. So that I don't even have to, we don't have to try to schedule a time or arrange anything. And then if they like the place, everything is done electronically, DocuSign and what have you. So Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, I've, uh, I've just done that too. The, all the e-leases. I used, yeah. to, I used to sit down at a local coffee shop and walk through the lease. And um, I'm, I'm glad I did that, by the way, because I, I learned the kind of the foundations of what this lease was all about. And uh, right. um, I know some people who've gone through lawyers to, to get a kind of a boilerplate lease. And I've, I actually took my old land landlady's lease and, uh, and then I was able to use leases from the closing documents and I kind of merged them all together. And then after looking at numerous leases, you kind of see all the, ooh, this is a good, something good to put in there. Um, but uh, the, you know, the best thing that I learned was uh, the networking was the, the crucial part of uh, learning. You know, that, that's one thing that I wish I would have done before I did anything. But I'm glad I actually jumped in first. And then, you know, looking mm -hmm. back, I go, I could have done it, you know, getting a cart before the horse. But, you know, having the property actually forced me to, you know, to do those things. So it's kind of a, kind of a lighting a fire under me to kind of go and do those things instead of just, well, maybe I'll do this. And then you never do it. You know, so when you actually have this house now, it's like, well, I need to follow up what, what's code, what's lead based paint, uh, asbestos with, you know, all these big scary mold, all these big scary things that you read about. And, uh, you know, I'll have people reviewing the, the lease agreement online and they'll be like, why, why do you send this uh, lead-based uh, disclosure? Is there something wrong with the house? And then you have to go through. It's like these houses are built 1900, 1920. Uh, they've been rehabbed. You know, all the windows have been replaced. So most of the lead in, in these older houses is in the, the trim around the windows and the, the old wooden windows themselves. And then usually you paint the walls so you don't, you're, you're encapsulating that. Um, so, but we have to present that information that we don't have any documentation from like closing documents that we received when we bought the property of any lead-based hazards. It's just warning them that, hey, you know, we don't know if there's any, but we have painted everything. All the windows have been replaced. Uh, and then when you take care of that, you usually don't have any uh, issues because 
Rochester is actually one of the places uh, where they started this whole third-party lead testing for our certificate of occupancies. And they would come in, if they see any lead-based, like peeling paint, whether it's been rehabbed or not, you have to do uh, third-party testing. And the, mm. the testing is stringent. I don't know if you've ever uh, been through it before. So we, no. I, took a, I took a class on uh, renovating it for to re- reduce lead-based hazards and you know, wearing your Tyvek suit and all that stuff. And um, the amount of lead it takes to fail a lead test, it could be if you have a dog and the dog's running around inside, there's enough lead in the dirt that it can, you could fail a lead test. So um, from talking with a lot of uh, property managers and landlords, they literally go and they would have the property cleaned professionally by somebody before they do the lead test. They use baby wipes and wipe all the windows down, all the trim, uh, the, you know, swift of the floors, uh, like a day before, you know, even even like uh, like right before the the third party lead test. And they go, do, you know, you gotta you gotta pay them, you know, 150, 200 bucks to have it tested, and then it confirms that okay, there's no lead in the house, and then you're then you're good to go. So as long as you, as long as you remove the sort, the main source, which is typically the the windows, uh, you're uh, it's pretty easy to pass. And, you know, make sure you don't have any peeling paint. <laughs> so do you do you typically avoid those older houses now, or is that something you'll still consider? No, most of the houses here are. My last house that we renovated last year was actually 170 years old. Yeah, it was a one bedroom house. It's less than 800 square feet. Uh, so it's a, it's a small house. So mm-hmm. we had to, you know, we did, we did the, you know, the whole house and uh, I have a bunch of photos that I've posted of the refinishing the floors, the bathroom, uh, cause, and they also smoked the, the last people that lived there smoked in there for God knows how long, probably like 40 years. Uh, cause mm-hmm. I think they were fourth or fifth owners. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had to rehab a house that somebody's been smoking in, uh, but this yes. is probably yeah. We you know we use the uh, the shellac based primer sealer. You got to do two coats and get get the bunny suit and the and the, and the mask and everything. My my girlfriend, she's an insurance agent. She she loves to help me out and she's she's there to help me with all the design aspects of it. And I'm I'm there you know to kind of do a lot of the you know the grunt work. But um, lately I've been doing a hybrid approach to renovating because I, I enjoy it, but mm-hmm. I only work on the things that I want to work on. So it's kitchens. Sure. Uh, I usually hire out most of the bathrooms and then I do windows and flooring and I kind of leave kind of uh, all the other things to the professionals and, uh, you know, electric plumbing, those things where uh, I could get myself into trouble. I, mm-hmm. I let those people handle those things and then I can focus on making sure that I'm doing things properly and. Uh, you know, you get to buy some nice tools and, and work on it. And, you know, our, our latest one, it's it's literally right right in our front house. So it's, you know, you can work on it in the evenings and uh, it's fun, you know, then you can post a bunch mm-hmm. of photos and uh, it's, it's, it, it becomes a, a hobby. It's a, it's a business, but, uh, you know, it, you, it's definitely something that we enjoy doing, you know, so it's, uh, and then you taught, you, you know, how do you know somebody who's a real estate investor? You know, they, they can't stop talking about real estate, you know? Right. So right. It's uh, definitely been a, been a fun experience. Yeah. 
And you also know somebody who does a lot of rehabs because uh, if you go visit them, nothing has been done in their own house and everything's <laughs> everything's done. In the- yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few things I got to do. There's uh, some some patches in the ceiling in this uh, this office yeah. you want to take care of. But yeah. uh, I, I put it in a different window in my house and and it, I I still need to sheetrock some of the area and trim it out and. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been sitting there like that for, I bet you it's closing in on a year. So, but uh, so, so you've been figuring this out as you go. Has there been a, any big mistakes you've made that you've identified and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I think the, the, my biggest mistake was, so we started getting into rehabs probably like five, five years ago. And I think my biggest regret is not keeping the properties. Yeah. We, you know, we would have these meetups at, at one of the local bars and, um, we made friends with the bartender and um, real estate meetups and you know we're all talking about real estate and um, over weeks she was always asking me these random questions hey how do you get financing how do i uh, this and that you know her her son's living in her house that she doesn't live in anymore and then come to find out she uh, she's like hey you mind if i call you if i got a question yeah sure i give her my number probably a couple months goes by and she calls me up and uh, she's like hey i i i i you know, I know you from, you know, all the, the monthly meetups that you guys there. And I was wondering if you would want to buy my house. And then it turns out that she was in pre-foreclosure and we had to go through the banks to buy the uh, the remaining, uh, what she owed on the property. Her son wasn't paying the mortgage when she was giving uh, him the money. And, uh, you know, that kind of led to one thing. And um, that, that was our, that was our first flip. And looking back, I go, that would have been a great rental. And then the next, you know, few that w- that we did, and I look back, you know, I should have kept them instead of selling it and paying the capital gains. And then second is probably not taking on too much at once, because like uh, there's there's been years where you buy like a few properties, and then all of a sudden trying to get things up to speed, new tenants, orientation, that sort of thing. And uh, when I didn't have systems in place, I was, you know, you kind of. You, know, you have to burn through it, you know, you try to figure it out instead of if you have something written down for this situation and then you make a checklist on how to handle it, you know, or a flow chart and then you can map it out. And then, you know, so, all right, we have a leaky plumbing situation. And then, all right, instead of just going and straight calling the plumber, you try to do some troubleshooting with the tenant. Sometimes it's difficult because certain tenants are not, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as savvy and uh, technical savvy. They may not know, but others, they, you know, I've had some where they actually fixed it. The plumbing was uh, in the basement was flooding. And it turns out there was a tennis ball on one of the J traps in the basement. Okay. They were able to pull it out and, uh, you know, kind of, because we had a just a heavy rainfall and he's, he sends me this message and then all of a sudden 30 minutes later, Hey, we found the uh, tennis ball. You know, there is, it was in one of the Detroit traps and it was plugging everything up, but yeah, definitely taking on too much and just having a, a baseline of education for knowing the numbers, uh, how to actually look at uh, a rental property to know that it will make money. That's, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I, you know, I've gotten much better at, uh, obviously. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I made a spreadsheet where it tracks the tax rates so I can put in an assessed value or a purchase price and then readjust the taxes and I can prorate mm. the insurance and everything. So I know, you know, pretty much exactly what the, what the expenses are going to be. Right. And then when you go see it, you can kind of 
get an idea how old are things so you can jot down you know the age of everything and the life the remaining lifespan to give you an idea of how much you should set aside for capital improvements mm-hmm. so being a, so I'm I'm actually a, an a mechanical engineer so I'm kind of a I look at spreadsheets every day so it's kind of something that I've been uh, getting pretty pretty good at so you know you can you know what, where's the house? What's uh, you know? What do they want to sell it for? Sort of thing, and then kind of figure out what are the taxes are straight from the the assessed value of where we are, and you know, boom! I know the tax. I don't have to look up the taxes or anything, and then I can get an, a ballpark for insurance really quick, and um, and then we can go and check out the property. And I think I think one more thing that I wish I would have learned is buying in the right air, right locations you know everybody they're all location 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 i had one property and it was i bought i mean i made money on it um the tenants were great but it was such a hassle because it was like every day they're calling me they're texting me hey something's not wrong and uh, it was uh they're they're they weren't very responsible individuals and the, the the place where where it was is not in a safe area so there was shootings all the time, you know, right, right near them. And I, and they were all cash paying tenants. They didn't, I don't think they had bank accounts. So they went to the check cashing places and you'd have to stay on them to, cause they, they would pay monthly. Right. But I had to get them on a biweekly whenever they get their paycheck, I would come by and collect rent. And it was, it was just so much time. I'd stop there every day. And then they want to chat about the faucets excuse me, the faucet's not working. And then you go and play with the faucet. And it's like, look, I don't know what's wrong with it. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's like, well, it wasn't working when I was, you know, so, you know, and then there's always the, you know, they have a lot of excuses and uh, trying to formulate a plan to get them back on and caught up with rent is, uh, can be challenging. I've, I've succeeded with it in the past, sitting down with them and going through their, you know, um, what what are they spending? What what's your budget? And uh, I was able to get one lady. She was uh, she worked at a dentist office, but she was awful worth her money and always paying late. And turns out that she was paying three hundred and thirty dollars a month for her cell phone bill. And I go, what? You're spending that much money on your cell phone? So I go, here, I got a I got a great plan. Go go down to another cheaper uh, cell phone plan. Get a get a different cell phone provider, and get one that's like. 50 bucks a month and then and then set aside 200 of that 330 and then you can pay me on the back rent and then she was able to catch up in a year you know mm-hmm. and then but you know things don't always work out and she uh, the, there was some safety issues i had right we had to and then she kind of fell off the the wagon sort of I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but she, you know, you know, we had to go through eviction and all that. But also, there were some safety hazards. They weren't uh, letting me know about the, some of the stairs were collapsing. I mean, uh, stairs are collapsing, so I have the handyman come over, and he's he's like, he's like, I don't know how they're getting upstairs. I, but this is this is not safe. So I told him, I was like, well, we gotta we gotta fix this, and then they wouldn't let us in. So. It became uh, that issue, and so definitely buying in the right location and having you know quality tenants is you know critical to you know keep staying sane in this business. I would say you know, if you're mm-hmm. you're dealing with a lot of challenging areas, um, I mean it's I mean for me, I'm I'm speaking from from my experience. If I if I was doing this full time, I think it would be a little easier because you have a lot more volume and you have a 
bit more of the systems in place. I know a lot of the uh, property managers who manage in those locations, you know, it's it's a volume play. So you're not worrying about the little onesie twosie things. You're just worrying about the core tenant base and making sure that they're paying. And then you're always going to have the uh, delinquent payments and that. And that's just part of the part of the business. So you kind of uh, right. underwrite based on that. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny you talk about different areas. A buddy of mine had a, had a place in Indianapolis and we, we were in the, in the city once and we, we drove over there and, and talking about unsafe, there were bullet holes in the, in the front window. <laughs> Jeepers. Um, okay. Yeah. So, well, no, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you uh, jumping on and, and doing this yeah, here no with problem. me. I want to remind everybody again, find him on Twitter at landlord rev. And uh, I'll make sure to have that direct link in the show notes. But I, I think I might have warned you, um, Chad, that uh, I got a uh, series of rapid fire yep. questions. You want to tackle yep, them? You did. Sure. Okay. So, you, well, with your experience, you know, jumping head first into this, uh, you cannot say rich dad, poor dad. If you're familiar with Wayne's World, it's like you can't play <laughs> Stairway to Heaven in a guitar shop. You, you can't say say that book. What book yeah. would you recommend somebody start with? Well, for me personally, it was actually the, the 10X rule uh, from ah, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone, yeah. You know, he, he can kind of rub people the wrong way, but for me, it, it was just kind of, uh, you know, uh, don't uh, feel sorry for your situation. You know, everybody, you know, you may not be born with a silver spoon by any means. Um, you know, my parents were never wealthy, and, you know, I was able to build up, a you know, a, a, a decent amount of wealth. And I'm very thankful for it, but it's, you know, it's hard work. And, and the only person that's really going to be, you know, doing it is you, you have either it's you or you have to find somebody who can help you. So it's uh, networking and just doing it. Don't, don't think about it. Just, just do it. And uh, it kind of uh, helped me mentally to kind of uh, change my, my mindset of that book. So it's definitely uh, kind of a, you know, a, more of a motivational book, I would say, uh, than anything. And that's what kind of kept me going with uh, with real estate. Sure. So, you know, uh, this might be an interesting one. What real estate investing myth have you heard that you need to, you just feel like you got to debunk? It's like investing myth. Oh, the, the, the late night toilet call that uh, somebody's got uh, a, a Plug toilets. I've never had one before. Uh, mm -hmm. I've talked with uh, one of a, one of a friend. He's a friend now, but uh, he he manages some, something like seven hundred units. And he goes, "I may have one that I can remember, but uh, there's not many people really uh, using the bathroom. You know, two o'clock in the morning. So it's uh, and then th those late night calls that you're you're always you know you know you're always fixing something. Yeah, you you might be, but if you have the people there, it's it's not a lot of time to uh, send a quick text to a plumber and then have them go out and you forward them the work order and then you give them the tenant number and then and they schedule it out and, I, and then I'm kind of it becomes more of a passive uh, until I you know I get the the pictures and the photo and the the, the confirmation that they actually did the work and then I and then I pay them and you know rinse and repeat so it's uh, that late night toilet. Uh, plugging yeah never had that yet <laughs> well I, I can i can say that it has <laughs> happened to me but it was oh, really? a it was a drastic experience and i don't want to scare people oh, off geez. because i think this is <laughs> it ended up being that the sewer line collapsed to the road 
Oh wow! And and and, and it happened like on Thanksgiving. Like it was like on uh, a terrible. It was like a holiday on the weekend. Yeah. The sewer pipe oh, collapsed, and now there's sewage coming into the basement. It Jeez. was it was it was a terrible experience. Oh, that's I don't want to freak everybody out, but I mean it's it's it happened that one time. It was oh, yeah, that's rough. Now now you know why they Thanksgiving they actually call it uh, Brown Thursday. That's what plumbers mm-hmm. call it. At least the ones there locally. You, there you go. As the so, plumbing gets overworked. Well, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? I would say it's just getting started, and uh, you're not you're never going to have all the information. It's just right. finding enough, uh, getting comfortable with a certain amount of risk and then moving forward and then managing things as they pop up. The, the nice thing about real estate is even if you, you, you buy it, the numbers look good on paper. You may have to do a lot of work up front. You may not make money the first couple of years, but over the long haul, it, it will, as long as you're not buying in a, in a bad location or a depreciating market where the population is going going down uh, you uh you should be you should be all right and you know i say should but uh, management always comes into play on that well let's go the flip of the coin what's the worst piece of business advice you've received worst piece of advice it's doing everything yourself trying to trying to do everything yourself and uh i've talked with some who are big proponents why would you pay that guy this much i can do it for half the price and then uh it's like well I might be spending four hours on a weeknight when I can, you know, be spending time uh, with friends or family. Um, So that $200 that I could have paid somebody to take care of and they're proficient at it, they're going to get it done quick so they can get paid. I don't care how long it takes, I'm going to pay them. So it's, you know, doing everything yourself. That's when I first started, that was kind of my uh, thing is I'm going to do everything, try to figure everything out, which I don't. I don't regret, but now I look back and I go, I should have hired out more as, uh, as I was growing. You know, that's one of those things that I've, I, I still struggle with and I keep losing sight of it for some stupid reason, because, <laughs> you know, I have full intentions of taking care of some of this stuff myself. And then you get a vacant unit and then I think it's going to take me a weekend. Next thing you know, it's been two months to get it completely yep. done. And now I've, I missed out on the rent for two months instead of just hiring somebody, getting it done. And, you know, exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of silly really when you think about it. It is. Yeah. It's so, uh, you, you don't think about it though at the time. It's like, well, right. I can do this. It only take this much, but life kind of gets in the way of things. Yeah. If you could go back into time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? If I can give one piece of advice. If I go back in time, I go buy more. I would have, I would have bought more when I first started. I think that was, uh, yeah. I think I would have done that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, and if, if people are listening to this, you can probably hear the trend. I, I hear that is probably the number one response that I get buy more and hold more, you know, yeah. that's, that's what I, I keep getting. So, well, Chad, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here tonight? Uh, not off the top of my head now. Okay. Well, I, I really, this, I know this was a bit impromptu and I kind of put you on the spot, but this was, this was great. I enjoyed this conversation quite a bit. So again, Mm -hmm. it's landlord rev and I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes, but I hope you'll consider coming back sometime and we'll, we'll you know, we tried to organize a round table here tonight and uh, I still like to try that sometimes. So I hope you'll, you'll join me for that one of these days. 
Sure. Yeah, definitely. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.